Welcome to Back on the Broomstick, where your hosts Layla and Shell will be your guides on a journey to explore the enchanting world of modern witchcraft. Whether you're a seasoned practitioner or just starting your journey of magic, we've got you covered. From spell work to divination, herbalism to daily rituals, we'll be dishing out tips and tricks on how to bring a little bit of witchcraft into your everyday life. So grab your wand, light your candles, and join us as we get back on the broomstick. I'm Layla. And I'm Shell. Welcome to the show. I feel like we're at like AMC, you know, sit back and relax, enjoy the show. So let's talk about some witchcraft. Absolutely. Let's talk about some witchcraft. In today's world, there are many different types of paganism. There are so many different flavors of witchcraft. And the big ones that you hear about, you hear about Wicca, you hear paganism, you hear witchcraft as a whole. Is a witch a Wiccan and is a Wiccan a witch? And is a pagan a Wiccan and is a pagan a witch only? One thing I did want to mention is paganism is an umbrella just like Christianity is an umbrella. And people say, well, are you pagan? Well, are you Christian? Well, no, I'm Baptist. Okay, well, I may be pagan, but I'm X, Y, Z. You know, I think- Oh, I like how you said that. You know, Christianity is like the big umbrella. And then under that, you have like Lutheran and Baptist Baptist, and Methodist. Presbyterian, blah, blah, blah. Right, and they can be very, very different. And paganism is an umbrella. You could have Native Americans, Wiccans, you can have witches, you can have voodoo priestesses. Paganism is really more of an umbrella that equates to Christianity. Just because you're Christian doesn't mean you're Catholic. Just because you're a pagan doesn't mean you're Wiccan. Paganism originally was a, I believe it was a Latin term that originally started with Christians and they kind of used it as a pejorative against people that worked with the earth, that people that followed a cyclical seasonal calendar, mostly farmers, you know, also people that had earth-based religions or that followed earth-based religions. And so that word, they used that word to kind of mean less than or someone who was dirty or a farmer, but it really just means an earth-based religion. It was definitely a derogatory, it was a derogatory statement. You know, it's obviously at this point in time been embraced by the pagan community but it originated as a derogatory statement. Right, mostly with the the Romans, the Roman Catholics. It was meant to be derogatory against people who worked with the land and followed a seasonal worship calendar. Or that were polytheist. Yep, and we have kind of claimed that like witch, which also was at one time a negative word and is still now used, you know, oh, she's such a witch. You know, people use it in, in place of bitch most of the time. You know, can I just, can I just sidebar for a second? Absolutely. You just sparked a two minute tangent. So, you know, people say that and you're like, oh, well, you know, people don't say that anymore because it's not politically correct and we're all sensitive twice yesterday, like yesterday, the day before we're recording this yesterday, I heard two people use that statement in a extremely negative derogatory way. These are people that know I'm a witch. It just- And they used witch, like a negative word, like a mean term? That lady was a fucking witch. Like, yeah. Are you shitting me? In the fucking witch capital of the fucking world? Someone used witch as a slur, as a negative term. Can I just say, one of them was at my workplace, (gasps) and the other one was inside my home. My jaw is on the fucking floor. Wow. These are people at work, loud and proud, like they know. Wow. You know what annoys me the most? What's that? In both of those situations, it never dawned on either of the people that they were making a derogatory 
the thing is, is it doesn't even, it, the thought never connected. Like they don't even get it. I know in the case of at least one of those people, they know you're a witch. Both. And that's still, both of those people. And that they still used witch in a negative way in front of you. And I could tell in both situations that neither person had a freaking clue that they were being discriminative. That's complete bullshit. And that is exactly what we're still facing today. This is not something as simple as it's better now because everybody likes witchcraft because it's on, there's something called witch talk. There's Dude, I live in Witch City, USA, and this is twice in 24 hours. And I am in Witch City, USA, twice in 24 hours. Yeah, and if it can happen to you, you know it's happening to the poor witch in Idaho. Right, and we know it's happened in even upstate New York. And the thing is, is that I think, you know, you and I, we're a different breed, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Some of my favorite weirdos. We have been loud and proud since our teens. And I remember back in our early, early 20s, you and I together worked at a worldwide corporation. And we we almost lost our jobs for being witches. Like, remember the times where we were told that we weren't allowed to wear our pentacles to work? I do. Do you remember that? I also remember people in our own pagan community that were very upset and threatened by the fact that we were out. And some of that was legitimate because if people knew who we hung out with, those people could be also labeled as witches. And there were people in our community that had an actual reason to fear for their jobs because they were witches. Where we were young and in our 20s and we were like, fuck them all. We were like, fuck you. I dare you. I want you to fire me for being a witch. We didn't really have anything to lose. You did because you had kids at the time, but you've always been a fuck you kind of witch. I I was. And I also tried to pull the it's my constitutional right because that's how I. (laughs) And it is. It absolutely is. Right. That was my mom brain kicking in to make sure I still had a steady income. But yeah, almost 30 years ago. Okay. Yeah. That was the life we lived in a small country. But in 2023, what the actual fuck? Why is it still the same? Why has it not changed? Why is witchcraft still being used against parents in custody battles? Right. This should have been settled decades ago when we were kind of stepping out of witchcraft and focusing on other things in our, not really stepping out of witchcraft, but focusing on other things in our life. I was sure that things were just going to snowball at this point. Witchcraft, it's a moot point. It's accepted. No. (laughs) Even with the proliferation now, it is still, still not accepted. No. Wow. So I'm sorry, but you sparked it and I had to and I couldn't stop. It's perfect. It's perfectly related because honestly, I remember when I first went to Salem, Massachusetts, when I was 19 years old, going to my very first Samhain with other people and seeing all these thousands of witches just thronging the streets. Oh, my little witchy heart was filled to bursting. But there were people on every corner with their crosses and with their signs and saying mean fucking things. And one of the things they liked to do was to litter all their little stupid fucking pamphlets. And one of them on the front of it said, are you a good witch or a bad witch? 
Depends on my mood. <laughs> right? Depends on what you did today. <laughs> but on the back, it said it doesn't matter because you're going to hell, which, you know, we don't believe in hell. So whatever. We would give them back to them and ask them not to litter. <laughs> Actually, considering I'm in the Northeast in the, in the winter right now, hell is sounding pretty exciting because honestly, warm there. Bring like SPF 100 <laughs> and a towel and you'll be good. It's be like a sauna, I would think. But anyway, so we would joke and be like, well, I'm a sandwich or I'm a bitch witch, you know, ha ha ha. But the point remained is it still kind of sparked a little bit of a conversation amongst myself and some of the new people that I had met. What kind of witch are you? Are you a good witch or a bad witch? Do you follow? Back then, Wicca was the big thing. Right. Most people I met were Wiccans. That right. was that was it. That was right. pretty much it. You were like a Wiccan or you were a Satanist. Right, and there was right, really right. no in between. <laughs> and like, and even to the point where I think I was probably pushing 30 and you're going to laugh at this because I don't even know if I've ever confessed this to you. I was probably pushing 30. So a good decade or so in before I, I kind of realized that everybody wasn't Wiccan. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, because that's where it was. And even though we had a large community um, where, where we were from, everybody kind of followed that Wiccan mold. So it was kind of all I knew. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then we went crazy and became these eclectic fun folk. Yeah, I think most people, even amongst the, even in the pagan community that we were involved in, which was a fucking blessing. And we did not, <laughs> we did not appreciate it anywhere near as much no, as no, we No, no, what you got till it's gone. Just right? saying. Just saying. <laughs> so all of, all of you in the BPC, we love you. We miss you dearly. Can't wait. To and we, we'll, we'll come back. We will. Oh my gosh, that would be so great. We should go, we should go for Beltane. Oh my God. How Can you imagine like be? strolling in on Beltane arm in arm, they, like our music playing in the background? Oh my God, Leyland Scheller back. Like a third of them would be cheering, a third of them would be crying, and a third of them would be like, who the fuck are those bitches? Can I just say <laughs> that I am totally up to do that on one condition? What's that, Shell? That I can bring my Bluetooth speaker with me and play Eminem. Guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> which is back tell a friend <laughs> like we, we would have to we would have to walk down that path to that song we were, i'm okay deal it's a deal we'll record it <laughs> right? and we'll put it on fucking youtube right <laughs> and we're back so <laughs> so yeah we we saw wicca everywhere because that's what that's how witchcraft broke in to mainstream in america is in the 70s gardner and his friends produced gardnerian wicca and witchcraft i think and this is kind of where i kind of figured out other stuff going on and where i kind of took a, a left turn in all of this you know roughly about 10 years in or so was when we we formed our coven circle amara we had carefully picked some close friends to form that coven with. One of our early coven mates introduced me to Santeria. And then we had another coven mate that, that introduced me to voodoo. And I was like, wait, I thought voodoo was the hoodoo that you do. You know, I didn't realize that that was kind of a part of this umbrella. And then it just kind of spiraled from there. And then then I was introduced to, to African traditions and, and Egyptian traditions, and it just kind of went. And I was like, oh, no shit, not everybody's Wiccan. Huh. Part of that came from, you know, worshiping and, and doing ritual and, and finding like-minded people in our area. And that 
that lovely large community that we had, we also started going to festivals where right. we would meet people from all over the country and all sorts of different versions, their own version of paganism. We met- this was before Facebook groups and TikTok. You know, obviously the internet was there at that point. We're not that old, but witches weren't congregating in mass online. Right, exactly. And we, but we were introduced to green witches, people who worship more of the earth and are more nature based. And we were introduced to gardenarian witches, like we talked about Wicca and gardenarianism, um, which is high a little, magic, which is a little more high yeah. magic, a little more formal, which is very similar to um, masonry. If right. you're interested in Wicca, I highly recommend that you check out. I'll insert a couple books here, future Layla. There's a couple books that get into the rituals of Mace of a Masonic tradition. And you're going to be fucking shocked when you see how much of Masonic traditions and, and ancient Druid traditions were just kind of cut whole cloth and and put right into Wicca. I remember when your husband uh, became a Mason and I was like, What? That sounds yeah. like you're going to ritual. exactly exactly sense (laughs) right right and so i think we kind of moved away a little bit from that traditional wicca that traditional it it just didn't feel right and even back then a lot of this religion is doing what works for you doing what feels right and and kind of finding your own path not being told what to do not being told by someone else but that's called power tripping that's right a lot of this is learning and searching and finding finding it out for yourself. And I think how we kind of both took that eclectic turn is we kind of enjoyed, we're going to do a Celtic ritual this time and an Egyptian ritual this time and an African ritual this time. And we kind of enjoyed that diversity because we weren't forced into that rigid mold. Right, exactly. And But we always had a time and place for that rigid mold and we always went back to it, but we incorporated other traditions into that as well. And I think that's a big part of, we very much quickly became what's called an eclectic witch. And that is is a big thing that both of us will kind of describe ourselves as at least one of the terms will be eclectic. Right. And what eclectic means is someone who who grabs things from various traditions, someone who honors all traditions and, and feels that all of them have worth and validity. And so therefore will will use and honor traditions from many different religions and cultures. We definitely, and even even back in the day, trying to be as culturally sensitive as possible. I'm not talking about stealing rituals and things from other cultures and then just using them insensitively. Right. You know, some things we just study, some things we use, but eclectic means that you're relying on all these different beliefs, all these different cultures and systems to find something that is your own personal blend, your own personal mix that works for you. Absolutely. You know, one one thing I do also want to touch on that we haven't mentioned is is this whole is it true is it not true what's the validity um hereditary witches I'm not- <laughs> your kids and my kids are hereditary witches hell yeah they are <laughs> you know I think there was at one point if you weren't hereditary you didn't count and that is so not the case. I know you and I can pick apart both of our grandmothers and find they might not have said they were witches, but let me tell you. <laughs> right. And I think that hereditary thing comes from two different places. Fear. 
Fear, fear, fear. Well, yeah, one is you want to belong and everybody thinks that you have a better claim to belonging. If you can say, my family has been witches since, you know, my great, 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 great grandmother. And that's all well and good. That's fine. But most of them weren't witches and definitely didn't call themselves witches. Like your family, Pennsylvania Dutch, they do a lot of spells and hex signs and and house blessings and things like that. Things that we recognize as witchcraft. They will never say it's witchcraft. And if you tried to tell them you were a hereditary witch, they would slap you silly. My grandma thought I was a Satanist. Who are we kidding? Exactly. (laughs) So that's different. Now, the other reason people liked hereditary witchcraft or where that became a big thing is going again back to Gardnerian witchcraft. And in that tradition in Wicca, you had to be initiated or you could not be a witch. They said at the time, kind of like today, they say you can't do tarot unless you're gifted a deck. I was just going <laughs> to use that analogy when you took a break in your breath. I was going to say, just like you have to buy, you know, if you buy your tarot deck for yourself, it'll never work. Bullshit. Go buy 50. I have. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely do that. Is there something fun about a deck that's gifted to you? Sure thing. Shell's been gifted 100. No problem. <laughs> it's fun to be gifted one, but necessary? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And and in that same vein, Gardnerian Wicca, to be valid in that tradition, and only in that tradition, you have to be initiated in. A man initiates a woman. A woman initiates a man. Because that was so big at our time, a lot of people, when they would first meet, you would want to know who initiated you. And if you said, I dedicated myself to the goddess. You got laughed at and turned away. And we pretty much said, fuck you. Right. (laughs) My self-initiation is just fucking as valid as your naked ritual. Okay, who doesn't love a good naked ritual? But it's just as valid. My ritual is just as valid as yours. I am a witch. Right. And we are huge proponents of, if you say you're a witch, you're a motherfucking witch. Done. Whereas I was actually initiated by you and another friend. So you actually were the self-initiate and you and an old friend of ours were mine. Remember, because I was, I had Amanya. I do. And she had put that all in that beginning of my first book of shadows. I have it right here next to my leg. That's absolutely lovely. And yet another good reason why you should keep a book of shadows, baby witches, because they are so wonderful to look back at. You know, at the time, I'm like, I am like breaking my damn arm right in this shit. Here we are 28, 29 years later, and I am so, so glad. So glad. I am so so grateful. My family has suffered two floods. One of them, we lost everything. And in that, I lost almost all of my mementos. And, you know, I have a couple of my books of shadows and things like that. But I lost all of my hand fasting things. And you, my wonderful, amazing friend, I could kiss your beautiful face. You have a copy of my entire hand fasting in your book of shadows, including... A pot leaf. (laughs) You know, I'm laughing. I'm laughing because I didn't remember that. And I'm going through the book and I'm sitting here and I'm like, no. Once I saw it, I remembered. But I'm like, this is freaking great. The whole big leaf right in that page. You know, I'm going to say the 10 of cups in the herbalist deck. The happy family card is the marijuana card. Yep. You have had that leaf pressed in those pages for all 23 years that I have been married to my husband. We are still very much in love. Do you know how potent 
that herb is for love spells right now. Can I just tell you something really funny that I noticed? So you you pointed out that leaf has been in my book for 23 years. Um, when I sent you the picture of it last week, did you notice that leaf is not crinkled? That leaf is not like, you know how leaves after a while, they just turn to dust. Dust. It's right there. Years and that fucker's still going strong. I couldn't believe it. It's just between regular parchment paper. It wasn't in any type of wax no. paper or anything like that. Because at the time, you know, here I am 20 something years old. How would I have known that I was actually going to still have that when I was pushing 50? <laughs> if you make any true love jars, I would recommend putting just a tiny little pinch of that. But, you know, it's precious. It's not too yeah, many right? of them. <laughs> like Beauty and the Beast. It's like the pink stuff. Just a little bit. It's delicious. <laughs> So what kind of witch are you, Shell? We kind of said a little bit one time in our teaser that, you know, you kind of, you're going to describe yourself as a flavor of witchcraft. You know, I've gone with this flavor for a long time. I have to stick with, with the eclectic thing because I can't, you know, as much as I kind of generally navigate myself always back to the Celtic traditions, I might love my Celtic world so much, but then, you know, there's times when you got to pull Pele out. That's all I'm saying. There's there's times where Pele is the one for you. And, you know, so sometimes you got to switch it up. And, you know, I've worked with Hecate for shit 20 years, not Celtic, actually Greek, but I don't necessarily follow Greek traditions. So I just kind of sucked in my little Greek goddess into my little Celtic practices with a touch of different things here and there. You know, in the last couple of years, I got Reiki master certified. That's like a whole different left turn from anything Celtic or Egyptian or, or Hawaiian or I just kind of work with what feels good for me. And I combined it all into one big happy. This is my magic. I love that because there's so much about accepting who you are. And I, I am very much eclectic. And I know sometimes we describe ourselves as kitchen, like interchangeably with eclectic. We'll say kitchen witch or eclectic witch. But nowadays, and see, that's, that's why I don't like that term nowadays, because nowadays it's turned into something different. A kitchen witch is someone who's making magic, cooking and chopping and baking and making. And I am the last person you should leave alone in a kitchen. If I'm cooking, your ass better be ready to eat out. So that's why I pulled away from kitchen witch, because nowadays it implies you're making magic with with your food and your drink and, and kitchen stuff, which I'm the last person who should be involved in that. And I think that makes a lot more sense. Like before a kitchen, which was like everything in the kitchen sink, it was someone who used everything and was right. more than willing to, to pick up a stick to be a magic wand or to use a flower to cast a circle. And, and that's what that meant at the time. And again, you're absolutely right. Now kitchen, witch is someone who's using literal, like literal kitchen, witch, <laughs> right? literally making food and magic with their food. And I think that's wonderful. Yeah, no, kitchen witches couldn't live without you. Love every single one of you. I just can't cook for beans. I burn water. Layla is my witness. I love cooking, and but I would not necessarily say I'm a kitchen witch. Have I done spells with cooking? Yes, but I'm but, not a kitchen witch. But 20, 30 years ago, like you said, kitchen witch meant something different. So now exactly. you're just totally eclectic because now, that's, yes. really, that's really what your definition of kitchen witch is now, is eclectic. That's right. 
I would also say that I'm very much a green witch and a green witch is someone who very earth-based, someone tends to live in, in harmony with the cycles and with the seasons and someone who feels that the earth is their mother, that they honor nature and it's very mama earth-based, goddess-based. Now to give you the flip side of Layla's opinion on that, that's hooey. Green witch, that's just a witch. Isn't that what we all do? Like, I don't get, I don't get why that's a different type. Like, isn't that what all witches are in harmony, nature, blah, like what? I don't get it. Yes, but also no. I mean, you know, there's chaos witches and cosmic witches and there's all sorts of different types of witches and some are not that earthy. You know, I would think that most are, but some are not. And so some would not say they're green. But there's a lot to be said for chaos magic. It's very, very similar to high magic. It it's can kind be harnessed. Of like, it can be harnessed and harnessed well. Right. And and the world is full of chaos. I mean, the world itself, we came from chaos. So there's something to be said for that type of energy. But I guess chaos magic to me is a little bit more like eclectic high magic. It's using high magic in different ways. And basically it was, uh, it's eclectic high magic is, is a lot, is probably the easiest way to describe it. It's like everybody has to have a title. Like everybody wants to split hairs. And, and, and nowadays everybody wants to split hairs on names of witchcraft. And we're all witches here, folks. <laughs> we are all witches. And you can, you can be whatever kind of witch you want, but you are a witch. And I think after looking at it for, a, at, at first I was like, well, this is kind of silly. So at first I was looking at it and I was a little bit shocked because I'm like, well, there's fire witches and water witches and divination witches and, and they're just witches, just like I you think, said, that's I just witchcraft. A, I think it, part of it is a focus. So like if you're a tarot witch, you focus on tarot. If you're a crystal witch, you focus on crystal. If you're a fire witch, you focus on fire energy. I think it's really just kind of their focus Yes. And, and it's always kind of been, it's always kind of been like that. I mean, we've all known people who had an affinity, who had an affinity for fire or who had an affinity for crystals or for herbs. We didn't say they were specifically that kind of witch, although they might describe themselves a little bit. And I think you've, you've hit it there with the focus. And I also think it's a big part of belonging. So remember, remember when we would go to festivals and there were a group of awesome folks there that we called fire spinners? And yes. they, would, they would twirl the, the fiery things and have the fire ropes and all Well, the even more, they were part of Fire Tribe of the Red Suspender Tribe. That was an actual group that performed fire safety and took care of the bonfires. And Nowadays, and, they would be considered fire magic, fire magicians, you know, fire witches. Yeah, and... And I do think that it gets to being a lot of wanting to belong. You want to find your tribe. Everybody wants to find that group that they kind of belong in. Commonality, common interest. And maybe nowadays everyone is a witch. It's not enough to say, oh, I'm a witch. People want to say what their focus is. And I also think a little bit that I hope this particular podcast helps with is that people don't realize that there's something other than those little classifications. All of those people are witches. You're all kind of an earth-based witch. And I don't think they remember Thalamic witchcraft. They don't remember Gardnerian and Rosicrucian and... Alexandrian, yeah, all of it. The Golden Dawn. They don't remember these actual real factions or tribes of, of historical witchcraft. And so it gets divided into these easy labels. Not that there's anything wrong with them. But I do think that it really is, it really comes down to finding 
your common people. You know, yeah. if you're, if you're a crystal witch, you would prefer to connect with other people who are crystal witches. So y'all can be all crystally together. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, they're trying to refine. It's almost like refining your inner circle. Yeah, they're trying to find their tribe. Whereas before there were so few of us, we found our tribe just by saying we are witches. Now people like to kind of find their tribe within that tribe. And I think that's that's kind of cool, but we're still all witches. You know what I don't like about that? When we were in our, our larger community back in upstate New York, everybody was just, they did their thing and we all congregated together. That diversity made us kind of expand our practice because we were able to experience things that we may not have otherwise, be, not being around as diverse of a population. Well, to expand on that a little bit, the, the community that we're talking about wasn't a coven. No. It was a local group of many covens, individuals, family groups, smaller traditions that would all gather together on the high holidays. Like witch gatherings. <laughs> exactly. And we would, you know, kind of coming together of the tribes and we would alternate who was in charge of those rituals. So a different facilitated, group. Basically, we, ch- we, we, alter- we alternated facilitators. People, yeah, people would volunteer sometimes well in advance, sometimes that very day, <laughs> but people would volunteer in advance to be the facilitator and they would be in charge of getting permission for the land, setting up porta potties, making sure there was food and water, that the camping areas were clean, the ritual area was ready, that there was firewood cut and tended. Uh, very often we would do work on the land for the owner of the land to to thank them for allowing us to be there. So there was a lot of work involved in it. But also in addition to that, they also were able to, at their own will, plot and plan out all of the details of that particular ritual for that particular period. So, you know, you might have folks that were very Egyptian based for this ritual and then very Celtic based for the next. So you had so much diversity that you were exposed to so many different things that you could kind of expand yourself. Right, exactly. So so you would learn different calls, you would learn of different deities or different belief systems when these different groups would host the ritual. And that was part of the joy of it. I mean, we had touchstones and things that, that were common that we did for each ritual, including right. our coven created a chalice that was created by the owner of the land from clay from the land, you know, with our input and magical direction, because part of the community ritual was a sharing of water and blessings around the circle. Not that I'm sure they do that now, but that chalice was part of that. And so there were touchstones that were the same, but each ritual, like you said, was hosted by a different group. And so you got to experience these different things. I hope that people are learning, you know, more than just finding their their little niche within witchcraft. I hope they're actually learning about the greater belief systems, the greater beliefs that go into what it could be and what the actual history of Wicca and witchcraft is and the types of those goes way beyond I'm a flower witch. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I just, I, I love the diversity of the bigger umbrella. I love that too. I love that too. And I also love finding your tribe because we all know, again, from that larger pagan festival that we used to go to with the, the Red Suspender Fire tribe, it was a great honor to be part of that tribe. And each quarter had right. different areas that were responsible for, you know, the huge festivals every year. They would be responsible for the, you know, 
know, there's the air tribe and the earth tribe. I believe the fire tribe was the most uh, well-known. Well-known, fire, yeah. <laughs> fire people tend to be right out there, but also they were the ones that would tend the bonfires, the nightly bonfires. So they were very, very commonly known and seen around. Nothing, nothing wrong with taking your little niche group out to the bigger wide world once in a right. while. That's right. And having a little fun with it. I think that I've kind of gone a little more like the, let's pull a little bit of this, pull a little bit of that, you know, like, like very, I don't want to say loosey goosey, but not as regimented as ceremonial magic. Yeah, I wouldn't say so far as to put my robes on, but I like a good sigil. I like marking the quarters. I like incorporating elements in my quarter calls. And I like having those things there. I like having an altar. I like I like writing a spell out. So right now, maybe because I've gotten out of touch and so it's not as fun, it's not as nice, it's not as reconnecting for me to visualize it. That's where I think that I have a struggle with that and other people probably do as well is I find that very difficult by myself, whereas I can get in that groove in a hot second in a group. As much as I enjoy that high ceremonial magic, it's a groove I can't get into solitary. It's nice to do it myself. I find the whole act of performing a full ritual very soothing. It's very meditative, you know, to to cast the circle, to call the quarters and light the candle for each quarter as if I was in a ritual with other people. And and I, I don't do that enough, you know, so I, I want to try and do that more for sure. Even just, you know, this past full moon, I went out and cast a small circle and lit a candle and that was great, but I want more. I want to do more right. of that. Right. And, and, it is very difficult sometimes for me to get that type of serious ritualistic focus alone. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I guess it's so disappointing, you know, that we haven't found people to work with. You're in the freaking witch city. There should be people, you know, every single pagan store of which you have like 5 million. And I mean, I'll be the first to admit, you know, I can ride on that fine line of being antisocial, but like I've actually tried to seek it out. I'm still coming up with nothing. I think what bothers me the most is there are some groups that do offer public rituals, but like it's very A, you have to pay to get in and B, we're putting on a show for the community. Like I feel like you. This is how I feel. My personal feelings is that the only reason witches are accepted currently in this town is because it's the biggest fucking money maker they've come across in a long time. Wow. That's sad. Again, that's just my personal feeling. But like, I feel like I had an easier time getting into a pagan community in upstate New York than I am in damn Salem, Massachusetts. You know, I'm going to try to go to this class where they have, I'm going to a class on tarot reading, but it does say for all levels. And it does sound like it might be an interesting way to meet people. Oh my God, because I was thinking of doing the same thing here in February and it did say, so it was like all levels. So I'm like, you know what, if nothing else, I could use it as a, as a way to meet people. Meet people, get a refresher. I, I that's so funny that we were both thinking about that. Yeah, so I'm definitely going to the local pagan shop and I'm going to go next month to this and we'll have to both talk about it after we get back from our classes and see how it goes. We'll have to report back and say if we did actually meet anybody. But I have been I have contacted two different people 
both who lead very large pagan groups in the area. And I've been ghosted by both of them. And I don't know if everyone's just really busy or if maybe I contacted them the wrong. I, I don't do Facebook. So I think I have to hop on Facebook and try and catch them there. What I found disheartening was I, I was talking to a local shopkeep. You know, I said, you know, hey, I, I've been here for a couple of years and I'm having a hard time, you know, finding anybody. And they're like, well, who do you know? And I'm like, well, like I said, you know, I just I I moved here about three years ago from New York. And they're like, oh, so you don't know anybody? Good luck. Wow. I didn't say anything. I was like, oh, you know, I'm sorry to bother you. But in my head, I'm like, what the fuck? Right. You got to know somebody in 2023. And how are you supposed to know someone if you don't know anybody? What does that even mean? Really? I just moved here. So I don't know anybody. So I'm an outcast. It's bad enough I don't have the accent. I mean, really? I mean, I guess on the one hand, there's obviously a market for that. If that's really, what they're- Sadly, sadly. You know, people will go and just kind of watch that while they put on like a play ritual or something. Remember how we used to do rituals for our big pagan community? Like everybody was in the circle, but we were kind of doing the stuff. Mm -hmm. Same thing. I gotcha. So like you're a part of the circle, but- $35. I mean, I understand when we did our stuff with our, our larger community back in New York, back in the day, there was a suggested donation because we had to wreck porta potties and we were supplying a, a feast meal, you know, all that we, we were using that money, but these are, you're making money and I understand yeah. churches profit, but you know, if you're going to make money, can you at least give people a a, a clear path to be a part of it if they'd like. They could at the very least have satellite groups where they have, you know, maybe younger members who want, who are training to be high priests or high priestesses will take over charge of a new group. Right. Why are we gatekeeping and keeping it as a, a for-profit thing when it could actually be a training situation for your priestesses as well as a way for new members to gain access to a circle and to a coven, if that's what they want, to training. And I, I just think that it went so very quickly from being a, a behind-the-scenes practice to a for-profit practice that it's very difficult now to find other people because everyone's kind of scattered and solitary again. Well, I think the thing I find the most disheartening is, is that I guess I was too naive and thought that we were past this. And it doesn't sound like they're even giving anyone an opportunity to get to know anyone. You know, it doesn't matter if you're not new that I've on the path. Or, yeah, not that I've been able to find. In a city as big as Salem that has as many covens and groups that are worshiping and that are doing ritual together and training together, there's absolutely no reason to gatekeep like that. There should be ways for people to to get vetted, to, to go to lesser espits and to, you know, to get involved, to volunteer, to, to, to be part of the group and to make your way into a group just like any other religion and to gatekeep it that hard fucking sucks. I understand steps. You know, we had a coven, we had steps, we created the steps, we implemented the steps. I get the steps. How come no one will give me the damn opportunity to go through the steps? No one will even give you the steps. Right, right. You know, they're just saying, you can come watch, but that's it. There are no steps. And I was kind of laughing because I, I have some of my, my altery stuff here next to my laptop. And I have our cords. I almost wore it on Samhain. And 
I didn't because no one here would respect it because I'm not a Salem witch. Mm, I gotcha. Okay, Mila, we're talking. We're, we're 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 getting a little deep here, and we're going a little long. So let's take a few minute break. We're gonna end our very first episode here, and we're gonna have to pick up this conversation for episode two. So if everybody could just hang tight, um, we're gonna pick up this conversation in the next episode. See you then. Thanks so much for joining us. We will see you next episode for episode two of Back on the Broomstick, where we talk a little bit more about getting reconnected with our daily witchcraft practice. We'll see you next time as we get back on the broomstick.